in a minute or less than, I had a full contract. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful on this beautiful Wednesday. How about you? Man, you've moved to Madison, Wisconsin, and you and I just don't have a chance to chat as much anymore. So I think we've done a lot of solo episodes. You've done some solo episodes. I've done some solo episodes. We've used some uh, previous episodes that we've recorded for some replays that we really liked. Uh, we just haven't had a chance to chat. So excited to chat with you. Man, anything anything new going on in, in uh, your real estate world? Uh, well, it's a, a weird time, certainly. Uh, we've never seen a time quite like this in real estate. It's, uh, I, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but uh, deals, you got to be picky and, and choosy yeah. right now, but they, they do yeah. exist. So it's uh, just slow going, it, it feels like right now. Well, the weird thing is interest rates keep on going up. And, you know, when you think, okay, we're going to have some sort of stability here and, and we're going to be, you know, sellers should hopefully catch up to the market, the interest rates go up and then sellers are farther behind the market. And so even though we thought, well, you know, now we're, instead of being 25% under, we're now 10% and all of a sudden our gap is is up again and we're 20%. Uh, under market. And so, yeah, we're, we're just not able to buy anything. And most buyers that I talk to, most owners that I talk to are the same way. They're just not finding good deals. Uh, I, I only know of a few groups that are very actively buying um, and maybe they're finding great deals. I'm sure they are. I don't know. I don't look at their deals and the details of them. Hopefully they're at least getting decent deals. Uh, but we're just not making them work. And I had a broker that's like, you know, everybody's wanting good deals and the market's gone down 25%. The deals are here, but people are still sitting on the sidelines. It's like, well, yeah, the the market maybe dropped 20, 25%, but the deals don't pencil out because of the interest rates. So I don't care that the market dropped 25%. That's great for future actual value. But if I can't cash flow, the still the deal doesn't make sense like we have to wait until we can actually cash flow like that that's just how it works so 25 20 25% well we might need another 10% 15% um for those values to drop before people are going to start actively buying so the market's super slow the vast majority of deals when i talk to brokers the vast majority of deals aren't selling they go they go on the market they sit there for a long time, they get some offers on them. Nobody, the seller and the buyers are too far off and they just don't sell. Uh, the few that do sell are, you know, who knows who's buying them, but the few that do sell, uh, maybe price just right or, you know, have some sort of distress or hair on them. Um, or the ones that probably are selling the most or not probably are selling the most have assumable financing. And so you can get into the deal and then you can make it work. Um, the risk on that, uh, and I'm sidetracking like our original conversation, but the risk on that was I was actually one of my coaching clients um, talking with him and he put a deal uh, or he, he was working on a deal and um, that 
deal had an assumable debt, assumable loan. And when he walked through and looked at it, it cash flows, it actually works well because of the price point and the debt. And that's great. But he's like, the, the problem is the more recent comps, the cap rates of those comps are selling so much higher now that how do I project an exit? And when I project an exit on current cap rates, this deal actually doesn't work anymore. Hmm. So it works on the cash flow, but it doesn't work on the exit. So that's part of the problem with, you know, an assumable is they say, well, this debt's worth a lot of money. We want more money for this. And if you just buy it thinking, I'll look at the cash flow. Well, what about the exit in the future? Eventually you're going to sell the thing. And how does it look in the future? Well, I would say seller. Yeah, seller financing also goes a long way right now. You know, much easier to get with like small to medium stuff, not so easy with the larger stuff. Right. But, uh, when you can make that happen, then it can make a deal that wasn't there before. Yeah, try to get creative and and look at deals. And and right now we're looking at uh, a larger variety of deals that we've really probably focused on over the last couple of years, um, just to try to make sure we're hopefully staying active, but man, it's, it's just, it's been a while. So we'd like to buy something, but we also don't want to force feed ourselves, right? That just doesn't work. So Matt, what are we going to, that's not really what we were going to talk about, but I think it's, you know, obviously it's timely. It's good for people to hear what's going on in the market. I'm sure other listeners are like, yeah, I hear you there. I'm at the same spot. Um, but what are we going to actually talk about today? Oh, we're going to talk about how AI will impact real estate investing. I think we might have talked about this um, like a long time ago, like maybe even an almost a year ago. But essentially, it's getting more involved. I think it'll benefit the market, change you know how we do things a little bit. And uh, I can say certainly, I'm uh, I started working in a syndication company here in Madison on the property management arm of it. And uh, AI is really going to impact property management uh, because you can automate a lot of things through that, that you used yeah. to need your people, uh, you know, in person yeah. to do. Yeah. You can write, get contracts written. I mean, not saying you shouldn't have a legal counsel look over those, but you can do a lot of that type of stuff. You can do a lot of communication uh, to your residents with that. You, I mean, AI, you can, you can write articles using AI. Now, again, change it, make it your own, right? But it helps you get, create a template really quickly on things. I, I had a contract that uh, we had between ourselves and a property management company. And I went on to AI, I went on ChatGPT, and I said, this is what I'm looking for. Here are the parties involved. Uh, here are the amounts, all that. And within you know, me typing for you know 30 seconds and ChatGPT doing its thing, uh, in a minute or less than, I had a full contract. Now, again, if it's going to be a full legal document and important, you probably want to have an attorney at least scan it over. Um, but you can do a lot with it pretty quickly. And yeah, that's and just the impetus, right? That's just the beginning. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, anything you create with ChatGPT, I mean, look over it. You still have to make it your own because it's still, a, you know, artificial intelligence yeah. creating it based on what it thinks. And it might be wrong, of course. So yeah, you still have to have that extra level of uh, supervision over it. And, you know, lawyers actually have their own version of ChatGPT for making documents as well. I forget off the top of my head what it's called, but uh, it makes it so one lawyer can produce more uh, contracts than, than they could previously yeah, it's it's pretty amazing what it can do. And as you said, you got to look over everything that it does because it doesn't mean that it, whatever it's doing is correct uh, in the right form or works specifically for you. But it's definitely there as a tool. And I think you're foolish if you're skipping out on it, if you're saying, I don't want to deal with it. Uh, I think you're foolish for it. I think as far as, you know, softwares go i'm going to have a guest on in not too long and, and they're using ai to pull a ton of data for property owners uh to be able to specifically look and get valuations quickly on these properties and to be able to formulate lois uh you know uh, on the actual property based on just the information that's out there and available. And that's pretty cool. We can get all kinds of data. Now we already can do that for the most part. We can get names of owners. We can, you know, understand the values. But if we have a single database source that can pull and can quickly say, these are the, so if we say we've got by criteria, Matt, right? Mm -hmm. We've got a specific by criteria. And if we type in our by criteria and hit enter and a list pops up of now 178 properties that hit our buy criteria in that specific location or the specific buy criteria. Now we can go and, and it tells us like, what can we buy these properties for? All that. We have this data and it's really easy to now go to these owners and start talking with them and start digging in to get more information of course, we got to check our data. We don't know. Data is only as good as what's reported. So maybe uh, maybe this AI says the average rents are 8, 885 and really they're 925, right? So it's only as good as, as what is in front of them, the, the computer, but it gives you a good grasp of what works, what doesn't really, really quickly. And then we can dive into each individual asset and really hone in there and, and try to come up with how do we get to these properties? How do we get to these owners and uh, make offers on them? Yeah. I mean, AI is only going to get stronger and stronger over time. So we're not too far away from uh, this vision that you have of it being able to scrape the data off the internet and uh, do basic underwriting and, and spit out a number and uh, LOIs even uh, that you can just do things in mass. So it's very quickly uh, across the board versus you have to manually do things yourself. Yeah. So the danger of it is that we become lazy and complacent. We rely on AI to do our job for us. And instead of being a resource and a tool, we assume that it's always correct. 
and that it has no errors. And so the problem is we go and we find this property that AI told us to, to buy and we buy it for 10.3 million because AI told us to buy it for 10.3 million. And we close on the property and we all of a sudden start on that property and realize we should have bought it for 6.1 million because the AI missed a ton of stuff or a few key items that really changed um change this deal and that maybe that's an extreme amount but i'm you know just that's going to happen i know what's going to happen i know that people are going to rely on the, the the technology way too much and not do their own background on it because a computer system said to do it people do that with stocks right now there's stocks are very much more automated than real estate is just because of the nature of real estate, especially because it's all privately traded and all data is private. And, you know, look, CoStar can call us up and ask us what we're getting for rents and they can kind of look and they can do surveys, but it's only as good as what people tell them. And if they call and ask what your occupancy for your one bedrooms and the person that's answering the phone doesn't know, but wants to give an answer and says, we're at 99% and you're really at 91%. That data is garbage, right? It doesn't doesn't do anything. So, but you know, stocks and bonds and things like that, the data's there. It's very accurate. It's updated all the time, and but it can still make mistakes and still tell you lead you in the wrong direction because it's a computer system. It's not a person, right? And so it's it still is missing that emotional. It's got that emotional disconnect. Yeah, I mean, it still is going to become stronger over time and and make it easier and easier. But I think also when things are, it's really easy to scrape the data off the internet and put in LOIs, a lot more people are going to be doing it. So you're going to, it's going to be more competitive to try to get some deals under contract as a result. If, if, uh, you know, you and other professional people are putting offers, but then there's just a ton of Joe Schmoes, uh, you know, putting in offers as well, um, then you got that to compete with. Yeah, and that's true. Um, so what that what that is, it's exciting and it's also uh, a little worrisome, right? Is is competitive competitiveness can be a good thing, especially when I'm a seller. Yeah. It's really good to have competition because I know that if the market says this is a five point two cap, we're probably selling for a five point two cap. The more competitive it is, the more chance I'm gonna I know my numbers, right? The less competitive, which we're seeing right now, it's it's not very competitive because too many things are changing so quickly. Um, now we don't know. We don't know if we can sell for a five and a quarter cap, five and three quarter cap, or six point one cap, right? Because it's changing so quickly and the 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 competition just isn't there. So I, I think you're right. AI will create. Uh, greater competition and it'll create a less of a ask sell price gap as well, which is maybe a really nice thing is when I can be told my property is worth 16.2 million and the buyers are told my property is worth 16.2 million. I'm likely going to get that price or very close to it. And as a buyer, it's nice because I know, well, that's what I got to pay to get this property. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it can become, it may become, and I, know, I, I, don't, I hesitate to say it will, because I don't think it'll ever become like a 
commodity, right? Like like the stock, like we've got this price and that's what you're buying it at, right? I, I don't think it's ever going to become that, but I think it can become, it will probably, as AI improves and technology continues to improve, and I, I think it will become closer to when I list a property for 16.2 million, that means it's selling for 16.2 million. Well, yeah, that'd be good. So then you- uh, I, Good or bad, I don't I know. Mean, well, I, I suppose, mean, yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, it's exciting as a seller to say, well, I can list this for exactly 16.2. It's going to sell for between 16.0 you know, and 16.4. Perfect. Now as a seller, you know, in a hot market, you go, hey, I'm going to sell this for 16.2. You're expecting to get 16.6, right? In a cold market, you list it for 16.2, expecting to get 15.1, right? So there's this, and you don't know, you'll get offers for 14, you'll get offers for 18, right? Um, who knows what you get, so. Yeah, but at the same time, I like predictability. I'm not much of a gambler. I, I prefer to, you know, if I'm gambling my money, it's something where I can control what happens, like real estate, which I really enjoy uh, because of that. And so being able to uh, anticipate what the exit is going to be uh, accurately, I think is a good thing. Yeah. Here's where AI obviously doesn't doesn't fix, completely fix everything and or, or make it, you know, necessarily better is we still have human emotions involved in um especially when you're talking like multifamily is what but it but anything like you still have humans involved when if they don't pay their rent <laughs> ai can't fix that ai can't tell people that they have to pay that it can but it doesn't mean they got to listen right <laughs> so uh people still may not pay their rent uh rents still might not uh, might be able to go up and down or still will be able to go up and down, right? Uh, there's still so many things that can happen, right? That AI just can't fix, can't change. So we always will have that element of uncertainty in investments. It's, it's I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere or, or any ever go away. I mean, it might be able to like predict when people are going to have trouble paying rent, uh, perhaps to some extent, and then uh, sure. counteract that before it gets to that point. That's um, a good point. It's a good point. I don't know if it'll be able to tell it um, on a by a person by by each person data, but but especially as the economy changes, if technology is good enough, it can say this is what's going on in the economy and this is the relationship and expect this many people not to be able to pay their rent, expect this many late pays and, and that type of thing. But at the same time, like I know Target has AI that can predict when a woman is going to uh, have a baby like before like she doesn't even make it public or whatnot, because based on like the kinds of things that they start to buy, like uh, unscented lotion or a purse that's big enough to you know be a diaper bag as well, potentially. And then Target will start sending that woman ads for you know diapers and things like that uh, <laughs> very sneakily and then <laughs> just to sell more things from Target. So. That's really creepy, but yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's amazing. I mean, think about like, sometimes you feel like you're, you I feel like you're only thinking about something like I'm thinking about going to the Minnesota wild game, right? I'm just thinking about it in my head. I haven't, I haven't told anybody and I, I swear I haven't looked on the computer and all of a sudden I go on to, you know, 
Facebook. And the first thing that pops up is Minnesota wild. And I'm like, Whoa, wait, wait a second. Like what's going on here. And I'm sure when that happens, like I did somehow search somewhere and immediately technology picks up on it and goes, this guy wants to buy Minnesota wild tickets. We're going to sell them to him. (laughs) You know, we're going to, we're going to hit them at every opportunity we can. So, yeah. I mean, our phones are listening to us. So they, like, if we talk about something with somebody, then, then it hears that and, and pushes ads before too long. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's maybe concerning too, a little bit uh, the, the, um, conspiracy, conspiracy theorist, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist kind of guy, but, the conspiracy theory inside of you says, man, they could really do some crazy things with, with, uh, with the technology that we currently have and wait till it gets even more powerful, which it is. And it'll just continue. Like, what can they do then? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I might just have to, after this conversation, Matt, maybe I'm just going to move way up into the, like the Northern part of the country and or out in the desert or something and just get rid of my cell phone and hide for the rest of my life maybe that's what i'm gonna do yeah just go hunting just go hunt i won't have a cell phone i won't have a computer and uh man no you know just just my wife and myself and my kids i think they would love it probably (laughs) well i assume you'd bring your puppy too as long as uh, it hasn't yeah we'll bring the dog yeah yeah yeah, we'll we'll drive out there and we'll ditch our car and we'll just be lost. Nobody will know. So this is our last podcast episode, oh. by the way. We're never doing it again. We'll see oh no, uh, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, cool. I I'm excited, Matt. I'm actually like I'm not a technology guy. It's just not my thing. Like I'm not the first one to get the new gadgets and I've never been super into technology, but I am excited about the future and what it has. And I equate this to the industrial revolution. It's just different. And it's probably much faster evolution than it, but it's just different and things are going to change rapidly. Um, We're in a technology revolution and we have really been in it for a long time now. I mean, you think about the, the, internet and the changes that made and all of this, but AI is another kind of twist to it. Right. And uh, I think it's exciting. I think a lot of great things are going to happen. And I think we need to be careful and monitor how it does happen uh, and make sure that we're protecting people's privacy still and um, kind of understanding the, the, negatives that can come with it but i I think it's uh it's intimidating maybe but it's also exciting yep and as entrepreneurs we just have to roll with whatever life brings us and use it to our best to our advantage well look as an entrepreneur matt i mean you I'm, i'm probably just not smart enough to figure it out but i think people that are really smart are gonna be able to do some amazing things and create amazing changes uh, that will really benefit everybody and they're going to monetarily benefit from it massively. I would not be surprised if you see a whole new face of faces of billionaires, if not trillionaires um, that we just, just didn't see just 
couple of years ago, right? You, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that starts to play out in the next five years or five, 10 years where we've got just a whole new generation of billionaires. Well, you don't have to be smart to be a billionaire. You just have to hire people who are much smarter than you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's true. Um, then you and manage them and lead them and you know, that that's where you, you can do a lot. Well, cool, man. Um, a lot of stuff we covered, but AI, the market, they're all crazy. Let's just go out and have some fun. And I, I guess I probably won't go in hiding. Sometimes I do actually want to do that. I just want to go climb into the mountains and just like live off the land, like the Grizz Adams type of thing, mm. you know, but, but I, I guess I'll sit in my comfy house, you know, 70 degrees and be okay with that too. Sounds good. All right, man. You have a fantastic rest of the day and uh, make every day Saturday. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.